The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What do you want to do today? I don't know. What do you want to do today? I don't know. What do you want to do today? (gasps) I know what I want to do today. I need some money. Welcome everyone to episode 25 of the Writer's Block Podcast, the uh, Lance Dunbar Podcast episode. You remember that name? Yeah, that was a long, long time ago. Uh, Throwback. Exactly. Uh, I'm your host, Brandon Laurie. You can follow me on Twitter at at @brandonisright. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Jess Navarez, who you can follow on Twitter at at JessNavarez underscore. It is officially NFL Combine Week. Which means that the lull of the offseason between the Super Bowl and now is officially over. The NFL draft will be here way before you know it. Uh, Jess, are you a fan of the draft process? Or are you just the person that waits until draft night and then whenever the names are called for the Cowboys, you're more pumped then? I'm definitely the second person. I (laughs) do not. I give so much credit to people who are so involved in this whole draft process and can just fully immerse themselves in it because I have such a hard time doing that. Uh, I don't follow college football, and that's something that I swear I'm going to get better at because I feel like it's a whole other world, and it just you know helps your football knowledge be so much better. But, guys, I only have an attention span for the Dallas Cowboys. They keep me going all year round. I don't know how uh, I could have any more room in my brain for any more football, but you know what? It's, it's all a fun process. It gives you something to do during the off season. Um, the more I'm learning, the more intrigued I am with the process. It's just, I can't say it's my favorite time of the season. And, um, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. What about you? Are you just so evoked in this time of the season? Are you ready to kind of be past it? post-draft season I do like it because with the job that I had last offseason working with uh you know future NFL players working with Kenny Pickett and stuff like that it really got me into it a lot more than I was in the past and for me like a lot of Cowboys fans listen to the draft show on DallasCowboys.com which Aisha Morrison your partner in crime on Girls Talk Boys Talk it's her first season doing it so with learning uh, about this draft cycle through her has been awesome. And I'm sure for you, when you see her learning all the players, learning all the names and, and being able to spat out, you know, facts on, on a, on a whim, uh, it probably is also stressful as well. So it's like, have her do all the work. You can just, you know, bring her in. And if you have any questions about players, you know, you lean on her a little bit more, but I, I am psyched about this time of year because not only is it, you know, something to keep me occupied uh, and it's more content to write about, but it is cool to see the players' journeys and when you start learning more about their backgrounds, where they come from, some stories that kind of forge their football fortitude, um, I think is pretty interesting and unique. You get to more learn more about the player, and then once they make it to the Hall of Fame, you could really say, you know, I watched them go from beginning to end, and that's always cool. So being a part of that, I like. But, yeah, you're right. It is with 250-some names, 300 players, stuff like that. It's definitely a lot. So I rely on other people on Twitter to, to keep me updated. Yeah, Aisha does such a good job. And, you know, what a lot of people don't see is how much work goes into it long before the season was even over. I mean, Aisha was studying well before the Cowboy season was even over in preparation for this show, and she's absolutely killing it. I'm so, so proud of her. Oh, my goodness. I I can't tell you how proud I am to just watch her do what she does. She's so comfortable in it. 
and um it's it's just so incredible to watch but um it's it's a lot of work and you know to anybody who can put out draft content like that so much kudos so many kudos for me personally because i could never do that much. I mean, my brain would probably just go on overload like that SpongeBob episode where everything's kind of going crazy. That would be my brain. Um, But I do love, like you said, those stories that come out of the draft. I mean, look at Micah Parsons. That entire storyline is just so cool to look back on. Uh, I even find myself watching his draft video from the night of the draft, uh, even to this day, just to remind myself how far Micah has come even since then. And, um, there's so many stories that go into it and, and these guys just work so hard. So it's really cool to see them have their moment um, when that does come. But yeah, the draft is not my favorite part of the process. I will say though, once everybody is in their respective spaces, that's where my homework begins. And I'm ready to study up on not just the draft picks from the Dallas Cowboys, but really all over the NFL, because I want to know who we're going to watch and who's going to be key to watch and how they're going to fit into all of the schemes with all of the teams, even the ones the Cowboys don't play this season. I love it. I love that part of it. That's fun. And the bowl season is over, you know, like the college, like uh, college games, all-star games. So really when it starts with the NFL combine, that's where you get a lot of these prospects under the same roof. Medicals come out, the testing happens. And not only that, but you also have teams traveling uh, to Indianapolis and you have ownership that usually goes, especially with the Cowboys, Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones. And where we'll start with the conversation before we get into our, our main topic uh, for this week. Stephen Jones was talking to Todd Archer of ESPN and then RJ put up an article on blogging the boys about certain comments that came out before the combine, certain things that you know, we haven't really heard about since the senior bowl, maybe since the season is over. And one of the main things he mentioned was talking about extending Dak Prescott, possibly, um, you know, right now he's slated to make $49.2 million against the cap. Um, and a restructuring could kind of free about $22 million of space, which is a heck of a lot that they could use to bring in other free agents. And the quote that he said is we've got to have a plan to ultimately extend Dak. So, when Dak signed the contract a few years back, he opted for a shorter contract to double dip uh, still in his prime. And smartly so, I mean, clearly the Cowboys are in a position where they have to make a call on him either now or next offseason with where they want to go with him as their franchise quarterback. So I'll ask you, Jess, should they extend Dak, especially not only with his cap hit to lower it this season, but extend him to be the Cowboys quarterback of the future for the next maybe four years, kind of around that range? Um, This way you kind of know exactly where they're going to be and then can really build around him. Look, with this answer, I don't want people to think I'm being a homer because I'm not. I will be very honest when, um, you know, Dak is not doing what he needs to do. And let's be honest, the interception problem last season was, it's so weird to say last season already, uh, was just so unacceptable. And it wasn't just from him, right? It was really from uh, the receivers and just the offense as a whole. Unacceptable. We know that. But the thing about Dak is, you know, I, I understand the conversation has come up recently about, you know, oh, a draft pick. Maybe this is the year they go for that. I don't think so yet because look at the Cowboys history with their quarterbacks. They're not the kind of team that is just going to be, you know, one contract and done with these kind of players. I mean, no. If anybody is surprised that the conversation to extend uh, to extend Dak's contract is coming up, y'all don't know this Dallas Cowboys team. I mean, I'm not shocked to hear it at all. I think if it's going to free up cap space and they already have decided this is our guy, uh, you know, no matter what is going to happen in these next few years, this is still him. And then when that time comes to cross that bridge to start looking into the younger option and um, start getting him trained with Dak and, you know, probably Mike McCarthy at that point too, who's to say, but then, then you cross that when you get there. I don't think this is the season to do that. I really think if anything this is the season you don't do that because I am such a believer in you don't try to tamper with the confidence and you can't tell me that Dak ended this season at his highest most confident self I mean the guy's been through so much and then you add the interceptions this season he has a lot to prove and he knows that he's playing with the chip on his shoulder I want to see what Dak is made of this next season and I really think at that point then you can evaluate if the interceptions are still happening if this new offensive scheme with Mike McCarthy calling the plays and then um, 
you know, everything else and all the coaching changes that have come up. I mean, I did a whole episode about it on Dallas Cowboys Daily. There's so many changes. If none of that is working for him, then sure, you have the conversation of, all right, maybe we start getting the next guy in line ready. Let's stop the season for this. And if it's going to free up cap space more than anything, you know what? Do it. Get, give us a bigger piece of the pie to spend because anything we can use as far as this free agency, please, 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 please give me all the money because there's I didn't realize, Brandon, how many free agents are out there that the Cowboys could utilize because I get so emotional and and tied to our free agency list. Right. I I look at the Cowboys free agency list. I get so emotionally tied to them. I forget other teams have free agents out there that you can also utilize. So, you know, what? if it means saving uh, some cap space money and, you know, creating more opportunities there, do it. I think that it's it's a win-win all the way around. If you extend Dak, it makes him feel confident that he's the guy moving forward for the franchise, but it also frees up the cap space, like you talked about, to address other needs. And the Cowboys said that they want to build around Dak Prescott. You can't do that when you don't have any money. And they do need to make decisions with regards to the franchise tag, which is something that Stephen Jones also mentioned, that he said that we're not afraid of the tag. And at the end of the day, we probably will be using again this year. And we already laid that out last week with how often the Cowboys have have used the franchise tag. And when you kind of compare it to other teams around the league, the Cowboys really are one of the only teams that likes to use it. And some people have their opinions about it, whether it's beneficial for a franchise to do it. But like we talked about last week, you're buying yourself time for contract negotiations down the line. If it's somebody that's in high demand, um, you also keep them around for one more year and see if it's if they're worth that type of money and you can extend them afterwards. And when you look at a guy like Tony Pollard, the price tag is low for a franchise tag. So Giving Dak Prescott a weapon like Tony Pollard, like he used last year as a wide receiver, as a running back, you're building around him. And when you restructure a contract, that means that, you know, that cap space will be put towards somebody like a Tony Pollard and maybe somebody else. So I think it's a win-win. I mean, great for Dak to to be in this position right now where the minute ownership kind of comes out and says, you know, we have plans to extend him, all the leverage goes in favor of Dak. And he really... Honestly, the Cowboys should do it sooner than later because when you have a Joe Burrow, a Justin Herbert, we mentioned this one time before in a previous episode, you have these new wave of quarterbacks, these younger guys that are going to be coming up, and they're going to be making a ton of money. Patrick Mahomes is going to seem like his contract is maybe fourth or fifth or sixth on the list. So if the Cowboys can beat that market early, and they're smart, they probably recognize that, they can get more value just like it is looking at Dak's number if they restructure to put him in that sort of eight to nine range when it's all said and done. So I think that you have somebody like a Derek Carr who's a free agent who can command a lot of money, Lamar Jackson. These are guys that are currently up for new deals that could re you know shape the whole market. And especially if quarterbacks are going to be getting fully guaranteed deals like a Deshaun Watson and that's the new norm. If the Cowboys can avoid that for another four years and then maybe reset the clock, do it, you know, do it so that this way it's done. It's over with, you know, where you are for the next four to five years and going ahead with that. So I mentioned the tag, but another thing that Steven Jones says is that they want to add another playmaker on offense, not just with maybe a Tony Pollard or a Dalton Schultz, but he said, offensively, we just have to maybe add a playmaker to it, add a little juice, add a playmaker to it and see if we can do that. So we were talking about this before the show, Jess, Is that OBJ? Is that somebody else? I mean, I'm happy to hear that they are conscious that they need to add somebody, but what does that mean when you hear it from Stephen Jones? To me, it means there's already been conversations that have been being had in that building for months. I mean, that is not just something you say without having a plan set forward for what you want. And so to me, if I had to read the tea leaves or read in between the lines, it probably does mean you're looking at an OBJ situation. You've heard Jerry say multiple times that this conversation was not off the table and that he still wanted OBJ. I mean, it's just such a Dallas move to go for OBJ even after all of this, but we'll see. I mean, like I said, there's a few uh, free agents, out there that could be other alternatives other than OBJ. So we'll see. I I just, I am glad, like you said, to hear the acknowledgement of what we have right now is not enough and we're going to fix it. That's great. That's the first step in the right direction. I mean, there you go. There's something, but it's going to be a very interesting off season in terms of finding that offensive weapon. Because again, do you go the draft and develop route or do you look at this little free agency list uh, that you have from around the league and 
do you kind of pick and choose what's going to work best there? I mean, they have options, but to me, Stephen Jones is not saying that unless they have their plan in place and they're ready to execute come March 13th. And, you know, that's when they can really start having those conversations. I think they're ready. I think they know what they want to do. Transitioning into our main topic with regards to free agency, we hit the Cowboys free agents last week in our episode and talking about which guys we wanted to bring back. Now we're going to be looking at players that are out there that we want to bring in, you know, sort of like a free agency shopping spree, but with an an asterisk to say it's on a budget. We know that the Cowboys are not spenders when it comes to bringing in outside free agents. We're very aware of that. We also would like the Cowboys to sign a lot of their own players to fill these voids because it's familiarity, it's continuity, and they're quite frankly, really good players that are available on the Cowboys roster. So we Definitely prefer them to sign a lot of these players, but if they can't, these are names that are possibly out there that Jess and I really want the Cowboys to look into. So the rules are pretty simple. We're going to go through about three players, and we have a budget of around $30 million for the season, so we can sign them to a longer contract. But as long as the yearly salary is around that under $30 million range, then we're perfectly happy with that. And we can also go underneath the budget. That is totally fine, too. We don't have to spend everything. So we'll see where everything lines up, but we'll definitely address some of the main positions of need on the Cowboys roster. Jess, I will start with you. Give me your first player that you want to bring into the Cowboys. Well, I'm so glad you had that OBJ talk because, no, I'm not going after OBJ. Uh, I'm, I'm giving the alternative uh, option you could have here, one of them, uh, during this free agency shopping spree, if you will. So this is something that I never thought I would say, and football is so weird in terms of you, you know, in in, in my terms, I guess, grow up watching these players, and you're younger, and, and you listen to these names, and you never think you could actually affiliate those guys with the Dallas Cowboys at some point, and then here we are years later, and yes, you can. Well, I'm going to go wide receiver here, and I'm starting because, you know, it just it worked out that way. I'm going to go with Juju Smith-Schuster here. Good name. Because good name. It, it is a good name, and for a great deal as well, because you look at what he was making last season. He was on a one-year deal for $3.76 million. That's it. That is all Juju was making last season to go win himself a Super Bowl. Um, Count me in. If that's all he needed to go and do that, please do that. He played 16 games, so he only missed one game of the regular season. He had 933 yards within that time of those 16 games. He was averaging 12 yards per play. Uh, He had 58 average yards per total game, three touchdowns within that time. So he wasn't the go-to receiver. But the thing is, is when you need that playmaker that has that experience that knows what he's doing, I think Juju would fit very good into this Cowboys wide receiver room. Um, and, And especially if you're talking you know, building up CD and showing CD how to be that guy and how to continue to grow to be that guy. Count me in. You know I'm all about that veteran leadership. So just imagine, you know, in my imaginary world, you have Juju, you have, um, you know, Michael Gallup, you have CD, you have um, Noah Brown, still a question mark because he's a free agent, and then T.Y. Hilton, who's a question mark because he's also a free agent. But if you have all of those guys, say we all get what we want, and you have that full wide receiver room, I think Juju fits in really well with that. And he's that playmaker uh, that Stephen Jones is maybe talking about there. So that's my first pick. That's a great name because that's somebody that I looked at and I figured, well, if Jess and I are both intelligent and on the same page, she's going to pick him. So I went with a different name, but I think it's a great point. He's a big body receiver that the Cowboys currently don't have very quietly a 900 yard season. Like when, when you brought up that number and I was looking at the stats for him earlier, I was actually shocked. I said, it didn't seem like that he was that involved and that productive. But when you also look at Travis Kelsey's being the guy Somebody else also has to step up, and he did a really good job of being that guy for Patrick Mahomes. You mentioned the price tag he was at last season. I think by him winning a Super Bowl, it kind of ups it just a little bit, and it's unfortunate because I think it might price the Cowboys out of his market. Um, But I also look at Dak and him. They were filming a 7-Eleven commercial last offseason, and he was talking about his relationship with Dak and maybe being in Dallas. So there are some tea leaves that have already been established with him and with Dak. So you never know. It might be a situation where Dak wants him here and the Cowboys make it happen if they restructure his contract. Like if they say to Dak, okay, 
you know, we want to restructure, we want to extend you. And Dak says, that's great. I'm all for it. But here's a list of guys I want the I want you guys to bring in that, you know, I, I have a chemistry with, I have a rapport. And that's certainly a name that could be on that list. And he's more of an outside guy, like I said, big body receiver. Definitely, definitely like the name. Um, I'll go also with receiver for my first one, just because we're talking about it right now. I put down Robert Woods. Uh, from the Titans this past season and he was saw that one yeah he he was just recently released so it's a name that really I wasn't thinking about but it's somebody that they decided to let go and I think that you can get him for a very very low discount I I put as one year 3.5 million dollars you know he was battling the ACL injury it was a year fully removed um, last season or officially now but last season was his first year after the injury and he didn't really have a great season with the Titans, but I put that more on the product that the Titans office in general wasn't that good and they had really bad quarterback play. But, um, you know, we talked about OBJ and it says, yeah, like you can sign a player like that, but they still need to pay CeeDee Lamb and they kind of just paid Michael Gallup a good contract. So you also want to develop a Jalen Tolbert as well, a name we didn't really bring up yet. And so if you bring an OBJ in, so what does that mean for CD? Is the money going to be there if you extend, you know, him afterwards? I know he still has a 50-year option, but you're kind of putting yourself into a corner here. I said the same thing for what you mentioned about Juju is that Robert Woods brings veteran leadership similar to what T.Y. Hilton brought. I think, you know, the guy has uh, been in the league for 10 seasons. He knows how to play football. He's a very, very hard worker. Uh, veteran leadership is very important. Um, he didn't take as many hits last season because he wasn't on the field as much and they weren't using him in the offense. So I thought that was a positive. And I think that when you have a player like that, it's very similar to what they did with James Washington, where it's a smaller contract and it doesn't prevent the Cowboys from either drafting a receiver in, in the draft or trying to get more snaps to a Jalen Tolbert. So if Robert Woods is your third, maybe fourth guy on the roster, I think that's pretty good. Now, when it gets into that conversation, you know, you want your guys that low on the depth chart to play special teams. He's older. Maybe he doesn't want to do that, but you never know. He might just be willing to do whatever just to be on the roster. Some weaknesses I had, though, is what player are you getting? Are you getting the Rams, Robert Woods, or are you getting the Titans one that wasn't as productive? He is 30 years old, so he is an aging player, unfortunately, and, you know, could slow down. And like I mentioned, you know, the Cowboys painted themselves into a corner where this might be the only type of receiver that they can get. You know, maybe they can't get a Juju because the contract is too high and they don't have the money to put towards it. Or they really need to see what happens with Michael Gallup and Jalen Tolbert, which Stephen Jones talked about, that maybe we put too much on their plate for recovery. And now it's like, well, we really need to see what they can do. So you might not be able to get an OBJ because he will command too many targets and you want to see Tolbert, you know, improve and succeed and like I know James Washington is your guy, but could Robert Woods be a James Washington where he doesn't see the field, might get injured, and then they cut him midseason. So there are some positives and negatives, but I think both you and I align that if you can address the wide receiver room with veteran leadership that doesn't prevent you from drafting a guy, that is probably the best way to go. Oh, 100%. And if you're going to get a playmaker and just the way it's worded from Stephen Jones, it's somebody you all, you've already seen and you know is capable of being that guy in the NFL. So to me, that's kind of alluding to the fact that they're going to go shop in this free agency, uh, like we said. And so something that I wanted to point out, too, with Juju specifically is, you know, he is – he's just one of those flashy names that I think the Cowboys kind of tend to gravitate towards. And if it's not the Cowboys front office, it's definitely the Cowboys media. That's like, Ooh, flashy name automatically have to, uh, you know, put that with the Cowboys. But um, I think getting that guy is not going to be a draft and develop kind of situation. I mean, Jalen Tolbert, perfect example. I think what they're running in Dallas is very, very extreme and it is a lot harder than people give these guys credit for learning. I mean, you had T.Y. Hilton who showed up and wouldn't leave the establishment for what, like two straight days because he was learning the, the playbook. So yeah, get yourself a playmaker and both great options. Both great options. I did see uh, that exact one, and I was like, hmm, I thought about it, and then I I decided to be a little flashy uh, with Juju just because if you have that option, which, yeah, the the Super Bowl will shoot his price up a little bit, but it was only a one-year deal. And the difference between Juju and OBJ, OBJ wants a multi-year deal, which, yes, could help in cap room essentially, but you don't know what the kind of price he's going to want is. I mean, Juju being on a one-year deal for $3.76 million with $2.49 million guaranteed, I mean, 
it's not too bad, but you don't know what kind of deal OBJ wants. Wherever OBJ lands, he's going to stay, and he's going to stay for multiple years if it's up to him. Uh, something that also makes me nervous about OBJ is we haven't seen him play football. It's been a year. We have not seen him play football. We don't exactly know which version of OBJ we're going to get yet. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Definitely a lot of interesting conversations uh, we're going to have here. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I think also, too, OBJ is a name that we didn't list because I think if the Cowboys want to make a splash, they're going to go in that direction. They already kind of laid the groundwork for a lot of the conversations, and they have mentioned, like you mentioned at the top, Jerry Jones has spoken about his willingness to kind of talk with him again. So I think it's an obvious name that if it happens, fantastic. We've been talking about it for almost a half year, and if it happens, great. We can kind of put that to bed and not talk about it anymore. But if it continues and there's more speculation, it's just more we have to talk about it, and we we don't want that. Um, Another name that I put on the list is at a linebacker position, and we both want LVE. We both want him back. But unfortunately, it might be a case where he prices him out of Dallas or he doesn't want to be back for whatever reason. So one name that I wrote an article about, you know, five free agents on defense that Dan Quinn being back might be able to recruit is Aziz Al-Shair. He was the linebacker for the San Francisco 49ers. If you can't beat him, recruit him to join you. That's always like my motto. Uh, and I put it down as a three-year contract for about $35 million. So it is a little bit pricey, but it averages to a little bit around the $12 million a year range. And I give this contract to him because not only I think it would be worth it for the Cowboys, but also I think you're going to have to compete with a few other teams, the 49ers specifically, and also the Houston Texans with D'Amico Ryan's, the defensive coordinator that he's been with uh, throughout his career. Um, he's now the head coach in Houston, so he might want to recruit him to kind of establish, be that centerpiece for his defense. But I have to say this linebacker, he is 25 years old, which is great. That's a strength, you know, a young player. Uh, he's very instinctive. Just go back and watch the wild card game, uh, watch the, the you know, uh, divisional round against the 49ers. He's the guy that blew up Zeke uh, as Zeke was the center. So, you know, it's not a great play for Elliott uh, from Elliott's standpoint, but he was the guy that's just he's a great linebacker and more on the outside. Um, his 21 tape was better than his 22 tape because he played about 730 snaps this season. He missed a few games, played about 314 snaps, but that's also because he was sort of the third guy on the depth chart. You have um, Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw. Those guys were above him. So a strength is that he doesn't have as many snaps in the last year, so a little bit healthier. He did miss five games, but you figured there's a little bit more tread on the tires. Um He's also improving where this was the first season where he didn't miss. uh, He missed less than 10% of his tackles. So that's always a good statistic to look out for as a linebacker. And also working with Dan Quinn, he's gotten the best out of not only the linebacker position, even from his time in Atlanta, uh, Seattle, and in Dallas with LVE. But he just the, the pairing of young linebackers with him and Damone Clark kind of resets the board for the Cowboys at that position for the next three to five years, which I'm a big fan of. Um, some weaknesses, like I said, he has missed some time with an elbow injury and knee injury, which I hope you can get a little bit at a discount. Maybe playing next to a Warner and Greenlaw, like what player are you getting? Are you getting a high caliber player that was hidden behind the guys on the depth chart? Or was he a product of the two players that were around him kind of elevating his play? So 
it is taking a risk on a younger guy, an undrafted free agent, but I think he's proven enough to where you're taking a chance on a really good linebacker, very instinctive linebacker, and I think could be really good for the Cowboys. He's about uh, 6'2", 228, so kind of prototypical linebacker size. I know LVE's a little bit bigger, Damone Clark's a little bit bigger, but that's why I think he would be better on the outside, which means Micah Parsons will be getting more snaps at defensive end rather than linebacker. You know, it's so funny is I think we think a little too similarly sometimes Yeah. <laughs> um, because I did go with a, a linebacker as well. Not the same one. I'm actually surprised that we haven't uh, matched up just yet, but I also went with a linebacker position um, just because again, we're hoping we are hoping uh, that we don't have to see a lot of these free agents, you know, that, that were so helpful with the season leave. But if they do, like I said, I had to get out of my Cowboys bubble and realize there's other options out there if that does happen. So I'm going to go with linebacker Levante David. Great name. Great, great name. It is. It is a great name. And the more I looked this guy up, the more I just couldn't see anything wrong with bringing him onto this Cowboys roster. The only thing is, though, you're talking about an older guy. And, you know, it's so weird to say that. 33 years old considered older um that does not make me feel better about the fact that i'm about to uh go into my late late 20s this year but um 33 so he's one of those older guys which pro and con you know he has that veteran leadership and i would say you know i'm worried about him taking all these snaps and not playing all these games and all of that but in this last season he played every single game so to me all right, you already look good there in that department, sir. He was with the Bucks on a two-year deal for uh, $25 million total, $20 million of which were guaranteed, and annually he was getting about $12.5 million with that contract. So sounds pretty doable if the Cowboys were to do something very similar uh, with him. And so let's go down some 2022 stats because, again, you can go through and, and you could say historically this is what he looked like, and I did that, and we'll read that off here in a second. But for 2022, he played all 17 games. Love to see that. He had 124 combined total tackles. Guys, that's a lot, 10 of which were tackles for loss, which you love to see because you know that is something that the Cowboys just need to hone in on is getting those quarterbacks behind the sticks, especially when you're playing to try to patch up that run defense and you have a mobile quarterback. You need a guy like Levante David back there to be able to bully that quarterback and push him back behind the sticks so that run defense doesn't become an issue, could become the patchwork. So say if you don't have an LVE anymore to help you with that run defense, hmm? could be an option um he had three sacks this season now that's already impressive but the jump that he made from 2021 to 2022 even more impressive when you look at it because those stats i just read you were great and all but from his first year with the bucks 2021 he only had 97 combined total tackles so he went from 97 to 123 within one season um he had two sacks in 2021 and I just think when you see a guy that keeps improving and improving like that, especially at his age, that's special and that's rare. The things Dan Quinn could do with this man in his scheme, ooh, I, I love it. It gives me chills. So I'm going linebacker Levante David uh, for my second pick if we are going grocery shopping here for players. Who is your next guy? I'm so curious. I, I'm, I'm just kind of waiting to see. If we if we line up on our last one or not. Well, and, and first about Levante David, uh, again, phenomenal job. You laid out all the reasons why he'd be a great pick. And that's somebody, again, in the article I wrote for defenders that Dan Quinn can recruit. That's one of the names I put at the top of the list. Another name is also Deion Jones, the linebacker, uh, longtime Atlanta Falcons linebacker, but he was with the Browns last season. A little bit more of, of injury prone most recent years, but again, a guy who's very familiar with Dan Quinn's system could kind of be a plug-and-play type player. But with regards to David, I think to me, talking about him, talking about Robert Woods, the intangibles to me are what also stands out. You have guys that have gone to the Super Bowl, have won a Super Bowl, that, to me, promotes veteran leadership with, okay, here's where the standard needs to be set, and here is where you need to meet it. Um, he he said that, and this was back, I think, in January, that there were contract negotiations that haven't happened yet with the Buccaneers, so he, they might not want to bring him back, and they just might be resetting the board. A long, long-time player, and 
I look at, you know, the Cowboys in the past have been able to pull these guys who are like legacy players for franchises and just play with the Cowboys on a one year. And then they go back to the old team and retire. Zach Thomas, you know, newly Hall of Fame inductee. He was with the Miami Dolphins for so many years. And then he came to play in, in Dallas for one around the same age as a Levante David. So it might be a case where he's looking to get out and just play one year in a new system. Bobby Wagner did it this past season with the Rams. He's also a free agent. Um, and these guys might want to explore another option where also too, the benefit of being in Florida is no state income tax. Guess what? Dallas is the same thing. So when you talk, I love about, how you think that I, is such an adult way of thinking. That's great. I know it's important. And I know, you know, with a David, it's a guy where he is a little bit older, but if you have still have something to prove, you know, to show that I'm still an elite player at, at the NFL level, like you mentioned, his play improved from 21 to 22, and he was still a great linebacker. Now the turnovers, he's known for being a turnover machine, and when I was reading up on the player and hearing other people in Tampa Bay talk about him, they were shocked that the turnovers weren't ha- weren't happening this year. Um, but I think that's also a product of that the entire team, the entire defense didn't play at a high level. Just look back at the wild card game that the Cowboys destroyed them in. Um, so I think that he also is a name that mentioned week one this past season. He knew the Cowboys scheme and, you know, where that they were playing on offense. And he said, we just watched the tape and they were playing the exact same way. So if the guy already knows the system, just bring him in. It's like, it's an easy fit. And I think the last thing when I talk about intangibles is you would have Demarcus Lawrence up on the front. You have Levante David at the linebacker position and J. Ron Curse in the secondary. I think if you can get veteran leadership at all three levels on defense, that just helps all the young players on your roster with a set standard of where it's supposed to be. And I think that that is just something that, again, like you mentioned, goosebumps. I mean, that would be awesome. So I had to give a shout out to uh, Levante David on that one. I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to add. Oh, my goodness. I think it just it sounds great. It's is the price is right. That's all it comes down to yeah. is it sounds great, but I think this off season I've dwindled it down to being a giant game of the price is right. I mean, that's really all it is, but you know, I'm just, I'm looking and, and thinking about all the things you're saying and what would be really awesome to see is how he could potentially help develop some, somebody like Damone Clark who really didn't get a lot of dips this, uh, this season because of the injury and him just coming back. The impact he could have on just the the younger guys, like you said, Damone Clark is the first guy that came to my mind. Oh my goodness, impeccable! I just yeah, this was this was the one I was most excited on my list to talk about. So um, I don't know, Cowboys front office, if you're listening, you know, we just have some good ideas here for you. You know, no big deal, but no pressure, no pressure at all from either one of us. Who's your third guy? So the third one, it's actually my favorite. Uh, I saved the best for last here. And again, positions might line up for you and I, who knows? Um, I, I wanted to look at kicker, but I figured, you know, they'll address that uh, on their own time. Um, you know, I figured that there's other names that could be thrown out there that we would just be completely wrong about. They, they'll bargain bin with that or maybe draft a guy. But I wanted to address the defensive end, defensive tackle position. Um, I do think that Jonathan Hankins, I could tell by your reaction, maybe we're on the same page here. Um but again, we all want Jonathan Hankins to be back. He will improve the linebacker position with the Damone Clark, kind of helping the learning curve not be as high when you have that front, you know, protection, protecting the linebacker and also helping in the run game. Um, but Isaiah Bugs is a name that I fell in love with last year. Um, watching him play, he's a younger guy. I think he's around 26 years old. He's only been in the league for four years. 6'3", 295. So he's a little bit of a tweener. He's a defensive end, defensive tackle. Um, he was with the Detroit Lions. And where I kind of first saw him play at a high level was um, the Green Bay Packers game, Week 18, where the Lions were already knocked out of the playoffs. They were going in Green Bay. And to me, when we were talking about intangibles, pulling guys from this Dan Campbell team from last year, I mean – the Detroit Lions were such a fun team to watch because they were high energy, great coaching. It was sort of like a bunch of bad news bears players and they just elevated their play the second half of the season. And he was a main reason for it. Great against the run, 
has pass rush capability. Um, I figure you can get him for maybe a two-year, $4 million deal. So again, around that $2 million range, which puts me at about about $17.5 million. So way under our number that we were estimating, which is totally fine. Impressive. I, Very impressive. Because you're going to be spending money on C.D. Lamb, Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs in the future. And the Cowboys have openly talked about that when they do these contract negotiations when it comes to signing guys in free agency. They're like, listen, we don't want to spend all of our money because we know that in the future we're going to have to sign other guys. So I kept that in mind. Um, but the other thing, a big strength of his is that we share the exact same birthday to the year. So we're both 26 years old, uh, August 24th, 1996. If anybody wants to send me a birthday card or a present, that's, that's also welcome. Um, like I mentioned the Dan Campbell system, very similar to Dan Quinn and that high energy coach. He was a leader on and off the field, a great personality to have in the locker room. Like I mentioned, mentioned the versatility he presents with being an end and a defensive tackle. The Cowboys love that. That's the main reason why they drafted Chauncey Golston. Demarcus Lawrence kicks inside. So they love that versatility. Um, and like I said, the best game, if you want to go back and watch, was Week 18 against the Packers. And statistically, it adds up to that. Now, some weaknesses is that, yes, it's only one year of pretty much production as a starter. He didn't really play that much when he was with the Steelers. It was really his first year. Uh, with the Lions, and they kind of bet on him for a one-year contract, similar to what the Cowboys would be giving him. Um, but I think he showed enough to warrant a contract. And I think that the biggest question, if he comes in, is can he beat a Neville Gallimore or Quinto Bo- Quinton Bohanna for that roster spot? And I do think that when you look at the numbers between Bugs and Gallimore last season, Bugs had 20 pressures, one sack, 11 hurries, 17 stops, and a 53.9 defensive grade, according to PFF. And with Neville Gallimore, they played uh, around the same game, 16 and 17 games. Neville Gallimore had eight pressures, one sack, six hurries, 11 stops, and a 36.6 defensive grade. And I know PFF doesn't tell everything, but I think when you look at the main uh, you know, numbers like a 20 pressure versus an eight pressure, this is a guy who gives you just a little bit more, not only in the run game, but also as a pass rusher. So I think the Cowboys would improve and upgrade in that spot. Um, but I just think also social media-wise, Bugs, when you have a last name like that, Bugs Bunny, you can do a lot of fun things with that. Um, just like you mentioned um, with Juju Smith-Schuster, he's a TikTok guy, so the Cowboys social media department would absolutely love to have a guy like that on the roster. And like I said, when you share a similar birthday to me, uh, I have to vouch for you and and you know stand up on the table for you. So that's a name that I took a look at. Like I said, everybody go watch the games from the Lions last season. He has a mic'd up uh you know, performance against the Jets in week 15, where you can just see his veteran leadership as a player that's just trying to elevate his play and improve day in and day out. And I think that's a product of Dan Campbell, which would fit right into Dan Quinn's scheme. I like how you think. And yeah, you know what? You're going to have a soft spot for somebody who shares the same birthday as you. I get it. (laughs) I totally get it. Um, No, that's actually an awesome little fun fact. But, you know, it, it is incredible the same kind of way we think here because we had a few rules in this in this game and that was pick three guys we didn't say which positions Brandon and I did not do any previous conversations to who we were picking or any positions of that nature and we still managed to pick the same three positions uh to attack in this free agency I also went defensive tackle here but I went a bit of a different route and it's not going to make sense at first because it's not the most flashy player by any means But here's why I went this way. I went with Delvin Tomlinson for my pick here in free agency. Uh, Yes, in 2022, he was dealing with a bit of a calf injury, so he only played 13 games. But during that time, he had 42 combined total tackles. He racked up 2.5 sacks, and he overall just helps the run defense be better. Um, He was really key in putting strength in the middle for the Vikings defense to help them uh, with that run defense. He's versatile and he has played multiple positions. So, you know, Dan Quinn loves that, but here's the thing. When he signed with the Vikings, he was on a two year deal for 21 million total. However, he probably will not be that expensive now because he really didn't play a full season. And that cap injury was pretty nagging for him throughout the duration. So you're taking a little bit of a risk here if you do bring him in for the Cowboys, because uh, would you call it injury prone? I kind of hate that term. I hate calling players injury prone because I think anybody can get an injury for playing the sport at any point in time. Um, But I think because of that, and because it kind of made his numbers dip a little bit, the Cowboys could work with that a little bit and get him for a cheaper price overall. Um, 
for a multi-year contract because yes you need strength in the middle you need those big guys to help patch up your run defense I think he could be a good option again he's not the most flashy player he's only 28 and fun fact his career debut was actually against the Cowboys and that's when he was with the Giants yes the Giants did lose that game so was it some foreshadowing here that somehow some way the stars would align and he would make his way to the Cowboys I don't know but I don't hate the I don't hate the thought of him coming on and you know Jonathan Hankins wasn't really a name I ever thought of passing through that would be as impactful as as he's been and so um, I think when you have just that strength and you have that experience and you have the coaching staff that you have within this Cowboys defense you have your Dan Quinn you really can make these players be the best versions of themselves and I think um, somebody like this needs that coaching up to kind of be a better player to elevate him. And I think Dan Quinn would be good for him. I think he'd be good for Dallas. Not the most flashy player by any means, but it is also fun to kind of have a player who knows that rivalry within the NFC East and, and can have that appreciation for it. And, um, you know, people always say it's just another game, but when you're playing against an old team and you're going to meet up with the giants twice, inevitably throughout your season, you're going to play a little bit harder. And I, and that's just what it is. That's being a competitor. So anytime you have that kind of background in history within an old team in the NFC East, I mean, look at Jason Peters, even when uh, we played the Eagles, I love to watch that. So, you know, I'm going with that and I'm, I'm excited about my choices here. I think we would make an excellent Cowboys front office team. I really do. I think between the previous two weeks, we did a fantastic job. If you go back and listen to last week, put it in with this week, uh, I think that we addressed all the needs, and, and you brought up how we addressed the same positions. I think that's because that's where the Cowboys need to do the biggest work. You know, We know that wide receiver is a big hole right now for the Cowboys' defensive line with defensive tackle. You know, you have guys that are leaving, especially with Leighton Vanderish and Hankins being free agents. You don't know if they're going to be back, and you have younger guys that you know you can bring in veteran free agents that's the whole point of free agency and the Cowboys love to do this where they bring in veterans to teach the younger guys to help improve and if they're gone after one year at least that they were taught something before they left and then can elevate their game that's what happened with LVE with Sean Lee being here you know and, and so you have these guys oh, I know that, I know that hit the heartstrings that really hit the heartstrings and, but that's what they do and it's it's a great great move uh you know Jonathan Hankins also a former giant so if you can just keep you know picking guys from the Giants defensive line when they go somewhere else is great and Dalvin Tomlinson's a great name because I think amongst Cowboys Twitter that's a name that everybody has wanted them to bring in and he just ends up going everywhere else except for the Cowboys so I think, like I said, we did a great job with regards to the names and also the positions. And, you know, there are other positions that the Cowboys will need to address. Safety, you don't know what's going to happen with Donovan Wilson. There are other names out there, like a Kareem Jackson for for Denver is a name that I looked at. Um, But with kicker, again, are they going to bring in maybe Greg Zerline, you know, 2.0? Maybe if the Cowboys are betting on Brett Maher to improve when he's there, maybe they bring back Greg the Leg and he's a brand new guy. Nope. You know what? (laughs) I already had to eat crow one time with a kicker and um that was hard enough for me to come around for Brett Maher it really was if I'm gonna come around for any kind of kicker it it cannot be somebody we have history with here I mean the trust issues are trust issuing to their fullest when it comes to that Cowboys kicker position and I was looking because I thought the same thing I thought the Cowboys need a kicker who can they get there's really none in this free agency pool right now. So well, uh, hey, listen, they did address they they brought back uh, Tristan Viscaino. So you know, I they did. So and from what I remember hearing, <laughs> it wasn't great. And yeah, um, we're we're gonna wish him the best, and we're gonna hope that whatever they decide to do going forward is the best choice. But I also I I didn't realize until I was doing my homework for this episode. There's no kicker reagents out there that worries me does that not worry you a little bit that you know you don't have that veteran presence like you did to just bring somebody in like Brett Maher like they did last season during training camp when it was a dumpster fire of a competition at that point doesn't that make you a little nervous we brought it up last week how I think you might have a few guys like a Carlos Watkins a Brett Maher where if they're going to be on speed dial during training camp like if injuries happen if they don't fill a position of need they're just saying hey you know we we want you guys back come back you know on a one-year deal whatever but I don't know if Jerry Jones coming out and making certain comments about Brett Maher saying you know we're moving on in a different direction I don't know if he necessarily would want to come back which is a shame we talked about how you know he was more than just the playoff blunders of last season he provided a lot of wins for the Cowboys 
big moments, big kicks. So it's a shame if they don't go in that direction. Who knows? Maybe they're trying to lower his price tag by talking it down and, and behind closed doors, they're having contract negotiations for a one to two maybe, year deal. Look, maybe they'll surprise us all. But in the meantime, what is Dan Bailey doing? Has anybody heard <laughs> or seen that man? What is he up to? How's he feeling these days? I mean, we have to have our options open, guys, at this point. I'm a little worried about the kicker position where it stands right now. I'm a little worried, but I was also very worried about it this time last year as well. And look what happened. I, I mean, who knows? Miracles happen every day, right? Well, Mason Crosby is another name that's out there. And I think he's 38 years old, but again, longtime Packer, Mike McCarthy's guy for a long time. So maybe it's a, a case where he brings him in, does him a favor. Again, no state income tax. That's huge for a lot of guys. These free agents, they care about that stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah. it could be a case where he goes from the cold weather of green Bay and wants to go in Texas and play, you know, uh, the half the games in a warm state. I think I would be all for that too. I mean, I'm not going to say the weather in Texas is great. Uh, coming from me, I think it's horrible. So I wouldn't sell people on the weather in Texas. But, I mean, your your facilities are nice. You don't even know what the weather is when you're at the Star or uh, when you're at AT&T Stadium. You don't have to worry about it. So that's, like you said, that's a, that's a plus. That's a bright side. But I definitely would never sell somebody on the weather in Texas. It is. It's a little bit of everything. If that's what you like, then there you go. If it's not... There you go. <laughs> I guess being a Jersey guy, for me, the expectations in the bar is so low that anything that's nice and warm, uh, I'll, I'll take that any day. Uh, but before we get out of here, I wanted to ask you one last question about, um, again, you know, during the combine, things happen, news breaks. We hear certain things about players, maybe former players or current players on the roster. And uh, Stephen Jones didn't want to address what happens with Ezekiel Elliott and his you know, stance on the roster. Is there any storyline that you hope is squashed this week where it's like the news comes out, this happens, whether it's a signing, a cut, you know, a release, whatever, that we don't have to worry about talking about that into the draft season? You know, there's a few storylines that I'm just so ready to be done with this offseason because they're the only storylines we have. The Zeke, the Zeke one is a really big one. I don't see him going anywhere. I mean, realistically, you can love the guy. You can hate the guy. I think the Cowboys are vying for Zeke to stay, and I think Zeke is vying for himself to stay. To stay. So I think either way, you're going to see Ezekiel Elliott returning to Dallas. I'll be surprised if he doesn't. So that's one storyline. And another one that I'm interested in and intrigued to see um, if, if it's resolved is, you know, this whole quarterback controversy uh, that, you know, Twitter likes to just start making up things because they need content. We are in that time of the season where be careful uh, whose content you're clicking on and, and check your sources, do all the things because it is clickbait season, my friends. Just remember that. Remember who your sources are. Remember uh, who you can trust throughout this time period. But um, yeah, this whole quarterback conversation, I'm done with that too. Dax, your guy. And y'all need to get over it if you're if you're having any kind of issue with that. I mean, I'm done being nice about that because Brandon, aren't you just so tired of these conversations? I don't know about you. I'm tired. I'm exhausted of them. I saw somebody uh, again. I don't know if they're doing it because they're just trolling, but um, it was somebody on a podcast that said Jordan Love is better than Dak Prescott. So yeah, I'm. I am. More oh than, my gosh. I know. I'm more than ready, and I won't even say the name, mostly because I don't remember, and it was just irrelevant, but also I don't want to give credit uh, to a really bad take on that. But um, I just, yeah, I want that storyline to be squashed, and maybe a contract extension you know, ends that, and then we could just move on. We know where we're at. But also, you brought up Zeke. Another name is also Tyron Smith. Is he going to be back? Is he going to retire? I think that that will also tell the you know a lot of the fans where they're going with regards to offensive line. You know, does that mean that they have to bring back uh, Connor McGovern, or does that mean that they're really going to be drafting a guy at 26 or in the second round um, along the offensive line? So I think we're going to start seeing the roadmap to the draft, to free agency, with a few decisions that might come out. But you brought up trusted sources. I like to think that we are trusted sources ourselves. Um, so you can follow Jess on Twitter at, at Jess Navarro's underscore. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Brandon is right for Jess Navarro's. I am Brandon Laurie. Thanks for tuning into the latest episode of the writer's block. And as always go Cowboys. Cowboys.